Welcome back to Soul and Soul. I'm Sangmin. And I'm Jessie. And today we're going to talk about a very, well, maybe used to be a very Korean feeling that is known as Han. Um, have you ever heard of this word before you met me? No, definitely not. No. <laughs> <laughs> so um, Han, I, I'll i explain it a little later, but Han... Um, is a kind of rage and helplessness that is sublimated and lingers like an inactive resentment. Um, so it's definitely a feeling that's more than just pure resentment or hatred. This uh, kind of builds up over the years, maybe through multiple generations. Um, so when there was a lot of Black Lives Matter going around, I felt like this word might describe what people were feeling um but i learned through my research that this concept was popularized by some japanese guy so <laughs> we'll explain that further <laughs> oh so it's like yours but not yours yeah okay yeah so so this word was never really used until this japanese scholar um, Yanagi Muneyoshi popularized this term during Japanese occupation. All right, so he was an art critic, so he was talking about how Korean art is the art of curves because in Korean, like ceramics or architecture, we have a lot of curves. I don't know how to explain in other words, but I guess for Japanese people, it looked more feminine and they associated that as something weak or weak-minded oh my god yeah so (laughs) (laughs) all right so apparently since you know japan can occupy korea we have a weak mindset and that is you know i guess presented through our art as well um he also called it inherently weak and sad uh which explained our situation at the time, I guess. Um, and then he used the word Han first. Wait, so it's not even a... Uh, this This makes me think about the word differently because it's like a word that the oppressor is putting onto the oppressor. Yes, yes, okay. exactly, exactly. I had no idea that it came from that kind of uh, situation. I thought I learned it at Han as like something that Koreans like inherently have um, because like any, you know, country can have some like trauma from their history and whatnot. And Koreans definitely went through a lot because we're just a small country between China and Japan and other like powerful countries, you know, that's not there anymore. Mm -hmm. And then we were taken over, like we were constantly in war with them and then we survived through all of that. So I, we, well, I thought Han was something that was inherently like explaining our like generational trauma, but also because of that, we were able to, you know, stay more like powerful and then something a little more hopeful too. But now that I know the origin of the word, I don't like it as much. <laughs> yeah, like that completely. The way that we talked about it before mm-hmm. is completely completely different than the way we're talking about it now that kind of fucking sucks wait yeah 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 so he was yeah 
And because Japan was so um, not popular, but like they're they they were the Asian country at the time, so all the Western countries figured out about Korea through the the eyes of Japanese. Yeah, I mean, so, I, I yeah. feel that because I feel like most of the world finds out about Black people through the lens of like white people in yeah. America, and it's like yeah. not, never, it's never the true full story of us is actually always like really fucked up (laughs) yeah i know yeah so you know it's the reason why people who've never met black people come to america immigrate and already don't like this so yes so i feel that okay even for people who are not even in america doesn't I mean like people like I I had I've had kids tell me like man I I thought I thought black people were the worst until I came to New York and I was like ooh like I don't know if you should be telling me that but I appreciate the honesty it's glad <laughs> I, I you know you can't know how you're perceived around the other world around the world unless someone's honest with you about it yeah seriously I mean that I feel like that is a reality that's what I see in Korea I can tell you about some Kenyan guy getting bashed because he pointed out that blackface is is something bad and Koreans were like what you live in Korea you follow our rules and I'm like what Mm -hmm. that's another story yeah Yeah. so without me knowing the origin of this word I think pretty much the whole country doesn't really know about the origin of this word because Han, at least when I was growing up, um, was so prevalent. Like it was people talked about it sometimes or like it was in movies or like themes of movies, literature, um, especially um, around like 90s when we had a lot of communication between North and South Korea and the presidents at the time um, were trying to reunite the the families that were separated mm-hmm. um, so there was a TV show that had like multiple families come out and then they were just like trying to find people in North Korea and it was just like it was so sad but it showed like a part of our like really sad history and like watching that i was like okay han is something definitely relevant to us but do you think that it is like a word that your people may have like reclaimed and that's why it has a different meaning now maybe yeah maybe so yeah because like there are definitely words within black culture um, no, y'all can't say it if you're not black, but you know the word I'm thinking about, which mm-hmm, we reclaimed. Mm-hmm. And I would say that even as like a queer person, like Aiden no longer offends me when someone calls me a dyke. I'm like, yes, mm. women are amazing. But that's mm. like a, those are like examples of things that I specifically, yeah, have heard reclaimed. There, I know that not everybody can gets on board with the idea of reclaiming words. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wonder if that's what's happened culturally for you guys yeah that's possible um i mean yeah i think also without knowing the origin of the word people kind of like took it as is and also a lot of scholars like just korean scholars um took what japanese people said and thought that was fact because either they had to survive 
during Japanese occupation or like they were they studied under Japanese people and they were like okay they I see that Japan is a successful and you know prosperous country I'm gonna follow what they do they're always right oh it's so amazing that (laughs) that's the opinion that y'all have of Japan because I don't think that's the opinion that Americans would have of Japan as like a country that beat them in multiple wars Mm. we don't you know what I mean I mean most people most Korean people hate Japan yeah for what they have done yeah I mean clearly America does not like Japan or else we wouldn't have dropped two atomic bombs on it um and you and no one can ever convince me that we'll ever make up for that like right human atrocity Um, right but like I think a lot of people in America still have like a very negative idea about Japan um which to me also always thinks of a little bit of racism because these same people Mm -hmm. have a slightly if not extremely better view of Germany who did the same thing you know but or not even the same thing far worse sorry (laughs) like you know far worse but you but you understand, like, we were fighting these same people in two world wars. And yeah, we didn't drop an atomic bomb on Germany. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think that a lot of Americans either feel a lot of guilt. Like, I definitely feel a lot of guilt. And I don't. Mm-hmm. Like, you you speak, I think, more harshly of Japan than I ever feel comfortable speaking of them as an American Probably. citizen. Yeah. Um, Probably, yeah. Because, you know, I feel like we're the bad guys in the scenario. But in mm-hmm. your case... They're definitely the aggressors. The bad guys. Yeah. Yeah. It's just just interesting sometimes, like, thinking about how other countries are perceived based on where you're from and where you live. Like, I don't... Mm -hmm. I definitely think that there are some Americans who have that really terribly racist stereotype with the sneaky Asian and are always worried that Japan's going to get back at us. Um, Mm. And I'm like, I I feel that. I don't think we should worry about it because that should be an eventuality. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, yep, yep. I I thought, like, Americans actually kind of... Maybe this is something different, but I thought they liked Japan because of their obsession with anything, like, Far East or, like, Oriental. Um... I don't think that you could say that America likes anybody but other white people um, on the surface. I think that American and white supremacy oftentimes pick a favorite minority or a favorite. Mm. But, you know, just to just to kind of make the uh, like to build strife between Mm. other minorities. Like, I definitely think that if you're thinking about Asia, like Japan would be the favorite for America. Um, if you're thinking about like Africa, it's probably like Egypt or South Africa, depending on who you're talking to. But you, you know, there's like they're they raise up certain ones just to like cause strife in the region, I think. Um, mm. but I don't think that I definitely don't think America, I think America culturally appropriates from Japan. Um, I right. think America steals Japanese culture and waters it down. Um, but think about if you really want to think about how America feels about Japan, think about what the average American citizen feels about anime and people who like anime and how they're considered nerdy and weirdos and outcasts. Mm. Mm. I think America likes Japan's money. Yeah. 
right? I think America likes how easily Japan lets itself be Americanized. Yeah. But do I think Americans like Japanese people? No, we had internment camps for them. That's true. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's like, true. I, I, they're the only people outside of like black people and like the Chinese railroad gang and like, I get yeah, Native Americans that they've like internment camps. Hmm. You know, like that's listen. They turn on the Japanese American citizens so fucking quick. With yeah. those internment camps, like there's, there's no way that I really think. And that was what in the 1930s, 1940s. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, as a black person who just got civil rights for all y'all in the 1960s, let me tell you, it's not that far away. It's less than a hundred years. Yeah. So I'm like, mm, I don't think so. <laughs> but you know, it's really interesting how they can just like kind of nitpick part of the culture that they like. Mm-hmm. And then still hate the whole race. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think a, a, like an old black proverb, I don't know who first told me this, whether it was my mom or my dad or someone else in my family. Mm. Um, but just like they one of the things that black people know is that like. Americans and especially like white people in America really like black people best but not because they like us best but just because they've proven that they can control us and they we're like the devil they know mm. um and being the devil they know i know they don't like the rest of y'all neither it's just that they they're just more comfortable with us because they've been at it longer with us but Aww. they don't really like any of us right very true if so we'd have equal rights we'd have equity <laughs> What is that? What is equity? I mean, was I don't know if, they, if anyone really knows. <laughs> I like when I think of equity. I like that. Um, you know that drawing, that comic book draw. It's not a comic book, but it's like a cartoon. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. With the boxes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's the easiest way for me to ever explain equity to someone. Um, right. And it's funny to me because, like, I mean, if. The fact that white people think that sometimes we're equal like makes a lot of sense because we're not equitable, but we might be equal sometimes. Mm-hmm. And equality doesn't get everyone to the same finish line at the same time. Um, right. But equity might. Yeah. So for any of you who don't or haven't seen that cartoon drawing, I think it's like couple of kids or like two kids watching a baseball game over the fence and one of them um is really short so he can't see the baseball game but i guess equity is him standing on the box no so there's like it shows like two different pictures so one of them is equality and so it's i think the ones i've seen have three people so they have someone who can already pretty much is very close to being able to mm-hmm. just see over the fence. Right. And they have right. like this little kid that's really far away and then they have someone that's in the middle. And mm-hmm. equality is giving all of the all three of those people the same box to stand. Yeah, on, there we go. There we right? go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But equity is giving that little kid and the middle kid higher boxes than the kid who is already almost there. Mm. Right. So that everyone now has the same equal view, the same opportunity. Right. Or um, even better, just Put them right in front of the game and get rid of the fences so that everyone can see. 
Listen, capitalism, we're talking about racial equity. We're not talking about capitalism because capitalism is right. You would just you would just get rid of the fence and and you would get rid of all barriers, but you know. Yeah. There's a metaphor either I tell I was telling one of my friends, I was like, people tell on themselves all the time and they don't realize it. Mm. <laughs> mm. Um and that's one that you're right, that comic is one that is but it, it, I feel like it is one of the easiest ways for someone yeah. to understand the difference between equality and equity. Yeah, um, yeah. Because they are drastically different. Mm, definitely. Um. All right. So going back to the Han topic, um, after 2000s, that m- much of the reference to Han kind of disappeared. Um, I think it's because people kind of grew out of that like trauma as well it's not as apparent anymore in the as in the 90s Mm -hmm. um we are doing a lot better like for economy or like technology pretty much overall so korea is a lot more advanced than what our parents grew up in Mm-hmm. Um, but also historically, we are known as Hunge Minjok, which means the people of fun. Um, we love music, we love dancing, we have plays where it's filled with satire and humor. Um, so we have what is called Badangnori, where they would have, like, you know, like in the market, people would just come out to watch this play they will usually wear something on their face like masks or they'll make fun of the rich or the poor like the basically like classism um they would what else oh like or like nowadays tirotu is also really popular genre that all generations listen to um it's always been popular, but there have been some like to competition programs that like really popular popularized this genre again. And people love going to like karaoke, drinking, any drinking games always involve some kind of like singing and, you know, basically fun times. Mm-hmm. So I think Koreans like know inherently that we are we have a lot of hung, which is a lot of like, I guess, fun um actually that's another word that i can't really translate into english it is like fun and excitement but it's some kind of energy that's like within you and then somebody put music on you and then you'll just like feel it in your body so koreans have have a lot of hung. um so i don't think han is something that is inherent. Maybe it is. I'm not too sure because we have definitely lived through the trauma. Not us specifically, but our parents' generation and our grandparents' generation. Um, that might have been passed on, but I don't think it's so relevant anymore. Um, yeah. I don't know what else to add to that. Yeah. We're not sad people. <laughs> Is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I mean, I think it's like an interesting idea because you know that I can't remember who did the experiment, but the experiment where they found out that like trauma is like something that can be inherited in DNA. But mm-hmm. 
like scientifically we know that that's not going to happen within a generation or two um so you know the now this thing just feels like a very anti-korean sentiment like the word itself just feels like very much like eh, you know yeah knowing that a little bit knowing that it comes from a japanese colonizer right like Mm. it doesn't it doesn't really sit right with me Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. Because, like, at first when you talked about this, I definitely felt like Black people have a similar feeling. And we don't necessarily have a word for it. Um, Mm -hmm. And I don't necessarily think that there's... I think it's almost like the the opposite of helpless, but also not. It's like, it is like a helpless rage, but Mm -hmm. also Black people have, like, this other... That's one side of that coin, but mm-hmm. then, like, this ridiculously hopeful resilience at the, is mm-hmm. the other part of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that's what I was feeling from that word before I knew the origin. Too. Yeah. Um, and we don't re- – I don't know if we have a – maybe our Black followers can help me out here. But I don't think that we have a word for that. We have, like – we have phrases, I guess. Um mm-hmm. Like, I think that's part of what black girl magic is. Um, but we don't necessarily have just, like, a word that means that. And maybe right. it's because we are dealing with our colonizer's language. Yeah. Um, but also, I don't know if we've ever needed to have, like, a specific word. I mean, I feel like it's wrapped up in popular phrases that black people have used for throughout the last century or so like black Mm -hmm. is beautiful like all that this kind of like black lives matter like that is what that feeling is it's like Mm -hmm. like you can think about like black lives matter as like a statement but you could also think of it as just like a chant to be yelled because we do matter you know like that Mm -hmm. that chant that is yelled at protest black lives matter like that is the rage but also the hopefulness that someone's gonna hear us yeah um um and just like the helplessness of it being so simple, like just those three words, like yes, we matter, we're here, like mm. fucking don't kill us, right? <laughs> um, you know, simple things. I'm I'm still yeah. real really upset with the Olympics and <sighs> well, Japan. There we go again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, currently, I'm of the opinion that at the very least. The Japanese government and the Olympic Committee can go fuck themselves, but that's yep. where I'm at. Um, yeah. Cause can you imagine the Olympics without Black people? I'm not even talking about Black Americans. Like, take out all the African countries. Take I out think, all I the think pl- that should happen and see what the outcome is like. Yes. Take out all the Black players yep. on all the teams, like the soccer yep. teams. And the, yep. Like, let's go, right? Because yep. guarantee you France can't field a men's soccer team. I No, like, not at all. N- pretty much none of us could maybe america could but it's gonna be even worse than it is right now not even (laughs) the fucking world cup um there's very few teams that would be like untouched by that um maybe croatia sweden Mm. you know Mm. um the other asian countries (laughs) but like (laughs) it wouldn't be it wouldn't be it wouldn't be a show. And I'm really just thinking about soccer here, but obviously everything yeah. else too, right? Like, Ev- like everything. Like there would not be basketball. 
No, not at all. Like at the Summer Olympics, and that's a big thing. There would not be basketball. Nope. What, the Spanish team's going to play? <laughs> Have fun. <laughs> like, all right. Like, I'm, I'm lying. Spain's good. But still, like, that's that's the real competition. The teams that we wipe our asses with. Uh-uh. Yep. Yeah. Like, imagine the U.S. women's soccer team without black people. So you don't have Crystal Dunn. Hmm. Um, you don't have Kristen Press, hmm. right? Uh, God, that's like that. That one would really suck. Crystal Dunn and Kristen Press not being there would like almost gut that team. Um, but then hmm. you've got like Adriana Franck, who's like a backup goalie. You've got Jess McDonald, who I don't think's been called up recently, but was at the World Cup. Like that, that whole team would suck. Hmm. And I love that team. Don't get me wrong, but yeah, like that team, yeah. like there's like nine women on a what is it like a twenty five person roster like shortlist that are black mm-hmm. now on the U.S. women. That team, wow. they could they could absolutely feel the team, and they could you know they'd be all right. They'd probably still be one of the best teams in the world, but like yep. it wouldn't be the dominant team that it is. Mm. And like literally, France won, won the World Cup, but. You know, I digress. Japan, you kind of suck ass. Um, in case you guys don't know what we're talking about, Japan has banned um, anybody wearing Black Lives Matter apparel or talking about Black Lives Matter or taking a knee or yada, yada, yada um, during the Olympics. The only time that they can do that is like in the post-game press. Um, and they still can't have any of the garb on. So like if they, they will, I think they said they, they either ban you or suspend you from the Olympics if you have Black Lives Matter guard on. Um, and I was like, imagine being so pressed about black people when you don't even really have black people in your country. I know, right? Like, seriously, like, what the fuck? Like, there's a lot of black face going on in yeah, Japan. But, but there, I mean, like, uh, there are black people all over the world. So I know that there are definitely black Japanese people. And I know, oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. And I know that there are black people in Japan, but mm-hmm. Japan is also one of the most homogenous countries in the entire world. I think it is the most homogenous country in the entire world. So there's very mm-hmm. few people mm-hmm. that are not fucking Japanese in Japan. So imagine being that goddamn pressed about black people or just like, I, I just don't, I don't know, because nobody wants to fucking watch these Olympics anyway, realistically, because <laughs> y'all not allowing fans. Yeah. So, where are we at? Like, yeah, I don't know. They're just making it harder on themselves. I know. Because, really. like I said, nobody really liked them anyway over here. <laughs> I was like, I was willing to give them the benefit of the doubt as um, POC, you know, mm-hmm. give you a little bit of benefit of doubt, even though you've sided with white supremacy a lot, Japan. I was mm. like, maybe they learned. I don't know. <laughs> they didn't. No. Not at all. <laughs> they didn't. It was rough. <laughs> um. Anyway, so I, I actually... Um, because of this concept of Han, I saw a lot of correlation between koreans and black people um but again now knowing where this word comes from maybe we have to reclaim it i mean maybe we already have but Mm. i think we're done with using this (laughs) 
Yeah, I mean, but yeah, I mean, I I think you were explaining how this is. Um, you guys have a feeling that is a little bit of like helpless, uh, resentment too, but like a lot of resilience. Mm-hmm. Um, this word in Korea can also be used like personally, like if you wanted to achieve something and you weren't able to, after like multiple decades, you will eventually have some han built up in your system so mm-hmm. if um actually going back to shamanism there's there are a lot of like ceremonies that can untangle these ungori which is like lump okay so mm. um i feel like in america that would be like a chip on your shoulder mm. and that's what that means like when mm. you, when you just when someone's walking around with a chip on their shoulder, it's just like yeah. a lot of resentment. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Uh, so I think Han actually explains any like spirits, like the evil spirits too. Mm-hmm. Um, they are not able to leave this place properly because they have a lot of Han. Mm, okay. Yeah, so I think um, the Lovecraft Country episode that we talked about a long, long, long time ago. Yes. Um, I think Han was involved in that episode because of, I mean, like the mom was also trying to undo or untie this Han, but also relieve what the dad had done in the past. Yeah, I think that's why we started talking about this bird in the first place, actually. Mm, yeah. This Lovecraft country. Yeah. Yeah, I don't... It's interesting, because, like... I don't know if... Like, sometimes I feel like resentment is justified, but more often than not, I think that resentment is, like, a negative emotion. Um, but I cannot decide whether or not I think that resentment is a negative emotion because the people that we should rightfully resent have taught me that Mm. um because like you know it feels like the only time resentment is considered negative is when it's when it's on a brown or black person in america right like with the idea that the rural uh the rural center of our country resented not being being looked at or talked to or uh consulted or their their problems weren't taken seriously birthed donald trump so that white resentment was apparently super fucking valid but Mm. like black resentment about being fucking murdered in the streets apparently is not so valid and all lives matter um so i like Personally, I know that resenting things doesn't feel good for me, but I don't know if that's like it's such a bad thing. Just like um, it's I'm I'm kind of trying to decide if I will change my relationship with resentment in the same way that I changed my relationship with like anger, um, mm-hmm. because anger is an emotion. It's not a negative right. emotion, right? It's just an emotion, and just like yeah. any emotion, if there is a surplus of it, it's probably a problem. Um, but like being angry now and again, anger coming up, especially justifiable anger is not necessarily inherently bad. It's just, I've been taught that because like, why the fuck wouldn't black people be angry? 
literally in America, why would any honestly globally, but especially in America, why yeah. the fuck wouldn't we be mad? Yeah. Like justifiably. And like to to deny that is like gaslighting. Right? Mm-hmm. So to deny that like you know, black people should be resentful towards like our oppressor or that Korean people should be resentful towards their oppressors. Uh seems kind of fucked up and kind of gaslighting in ways that mm-hmm. I'm like not with anymore like it's it's one of those things where i feel like we've internalized our oppressor's language um and we've Mm. internalized it so much that it starts to affect how we actually feel um because like you know personal resentment i think we should we should all deal with that like very much so there's no reason to walk around with that chip on your shoulder um Mm -hmm. because to me always resentment goes hand in hand with kind of entitlement when you're thinking about it personally Mm. Um, or also actually when I'm thinking about it, like culturally too, right? Black people feel because we are entitled to equal rights and the ability to walk down the street and not get fucked up. Right. Um, and just to live our lives. We are entitled to that. And I think the same thing can be said about, about personally, usually when someone feels resentful, they felt entitled to something that wasn't theirs. And I think that's the difference between personal resentment and cultural resentment. Like mm. that job that you wanted, that person you wanted to date, um, that life that you wanted isn't necessarily yours. Mm. You know, like that's not something that you, I'm not saying not something that you didn't deserve, but that's not something that just like you're entitled to. Right, right. And maybe Korean resentment looks a little bit differently, but when I, I obviously there are black people that are having personal resentment, but I would say that most of our resentment, even if it is a personal thing, could be like tied back to a cultural one. Mm. So when I'm thinking about personal resentment, I'm thinking about the, you know, the most individualistic of all, all of us. And I'm thinking about white personal resentment, and that's just like wrapped up in entitlement. Right? Yeah, like you thought that just because you were white, you were give you were entitled to X, Y, and Z, and you're not. Yeah, yeah. So you're resentful. Yeah, I think that's what's so interesting about America's um, Han, I guess, Black Americans Han, because it almost always stems from something cultural, something more grand than just like personal resentment. Yeah, like because. I'm trying to think of a time where I felt resentful and it was, like, justified personally, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And I can't realistically think of one because most of the ones are just, like, I felt entitled to someone's time or their energy. I felt like I should have, I don't know, because I've never really been resentful about a job or anything Mm -hmm. like that. But that's also me being very privileged and very well educated. So I've never really not gotten the job I wanted. Hmm. Um, I actually have. I've only gone to one interview where I haven't gotten the job that I wanted. So hmm. like I, I don't feel that type of. And that's just was when I was applying to schools to work. I wanted to work at the one that was across the street from mm-hmm. where I lived and God was like no that's a bad idea so he didn't give it to me which I'm very thankful for <laughs> you do not want to live across where you work I'm, I'm extremely thankful for that thank you God because <laughs> no 
And honestly, uh, that might cut down. That might be part of the reason why, like, black resentment, personal resentment, isn't necessarily as big as other people. Because, I mean, not all of us are religious, but definitely older people in our our fa- our hmm. culture are religious, and so a lot mm-hmm. of it is like wasn't in God's plan. So, like, mm. you know, like I'm gonna, he has a bigger plan for me. I'll figure it out. Like, and so yeah. I definitely think that cuts down on our personal. Uh, resentment mm. um you know religion being the opioid of the masses you know it's kind of like a pacifier in that way in that yeah. like we're just assuming that yeah. that wasn't for us um yeah. or having faith that that wasn't for us right yeah i definitely think that and even in people black people that are not religious because i'm not really religious religious but spiritual definitely yeah. believe in yeah. god have that I still think it's ingrained in our culture to have that same kind of mentality you know yeah um and whether it's religion or the fact that you know we've just survived so much in America that we know Mm. you know time (sighs) time will come I don't know It's Mm. it's a very interesting like the emotions of a culture just like looking at why an entire people might feel some way especially when it's something like han or whatever we're going to call it for black people like yeah um because you know i feel like globally so much of our fights are the same um you know there's a colonizer and there's a colonized um Mm -hmm. and it's interesting because I, I even just like hearing you talk about some things like it's kind of crazy to me that it makes I'm like hmm how do I want to say this sometimes I'm grateful that Black Americans haven't had the chance to lead yeah. um, because it makes me afraid hearing stories like Korea and like um jap japan and like fucking israel even right like oh my god yes you know when a person has been a group of people have been impressed and then they get in power and then they turn around and do the same shit to other people it makes Mm. me really afraid that if we were ever in power we we would do that and i don't think that we would just because of that anti-blackness is different than even like the colonized colonizer like Mm dynamic Mm -hmm. um like being the bottom of every you know everything (laughs) really does make you have developed some kind of empathy for others that i don't even think other people who have been colonized necessarily have for every other person that's been colonized um black people show up and show out for anyone who's been oppressed at any time yeah Except yeah. for, you know, black queer people. Black people do better, but hey. Um, <laughs> like, hey. Uh, but for the most part, we show up and show out for anyone. So I, it, it does give me some hope that that wouldn't happen with us. But it's also, I'm very thankful that, and not thankful, but like just like glad that I've never had to see it play out with us. Because I feel like that would like gut me. It does gut me when black people do that. Like black men do it to black women and like yeah. black straight people do it to black queer people. It does gut yeah. me. Um yeah. but I would hate I mean we would lose so much moral high ground. <laughs> 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 and I don't think I'm ready to give up the moral high ground that we've had yeah, for no. <laughs> <laughs> I just not with it. Like um mm-hmm. 
but it, it it makes me really think about that because it's it's interesting that like when you were talking about um how you guys don't feel that way anymore but mm. then currently like korea is culturally appropriating from black people and using blackface it's just like oh yeah you know what i mean i'm just like damn so y'all y'all really came out of that struggle and then just turned around and like we're like you know i learned shit let me just continue to something no, not, like, not at all i don't like that and oh. let's be real the israeli government oh yeah you know what i mean like <sighs> oh yeah <laughs> so I I absolutely like that one is like the most like holy shit like holy shit because I don't know I it's it's never set right with me that the that the Israeli government can do what it's doing to the Palestinian people yeah given what those same people have gone through um so I'm just like whoa hey now I- uh, honestly, I thought everybody knew what was going on. So I'm kind of surprised the fact that people are oh, they, all of a sudden, bullshit, they're like, they wait, knew. what? Is true? Bullshit, they knew. Right? Like, like, bullshit. They've just now got, we've just now gotten to the point in our, our in society where it is no longer um, socially acceptable to be a Zionist. But bullshit, they knew. Because, like, I don't know how many fights I've gotten into girl i went to a predominantly (laughs) white high school Mm. that was full Mm. of jewish people then i went to wesleyan which is like like it's packed to the gills full of jewish people Mm. um Mm. and i could never say that i was pro-palestinian without it being a fucking fight Mm. right a fight like knock down drag out you're anti-semitic fight and i'm like no like listen black people uh, I feel like any black people who knows about Palestine have immediately been able to put themselves in their shoes. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like we, there's just like a a level of I don't know. There's just like a level of camaraderie where we recognize that they're going through the same exact thing that we're going through, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like, and that's the same way that I feel like a lot of black people really resonated with korean people like my mom loves mm. korean people because she grew up in a time when you guys were yeah oppressed right being yeah very much so so there's just like a level of like oh we see you we understand you we feel what you're feeling that mm. i've always had with palestinian people because it just it's not different no and i think the louder that our generation has gotten about like black lives and Black Lives Mattering, and, like, the more, like, your average Black person can speak like a scholar about race now, um, mm-hmm. and and does on, on multiple occasions a week, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, all over these social media platforms. Like, the more that what we have said has been socially accepted, like, the more it is now socially unacceptable to do that to other people globally because we're all a part of this global community now and we see yeah. we see the shit, right? Yeah. Like, the the Israeli media, the American media, the, the British media, they can try to hide all the shit that, and hide their hand about what the fuck's going on over there. But with social mm-hmm. media and with, like, the ability to get your word out now, they can't hide mm-hmm. shit. You know what I mean? Like, they can't hide shit. And they shouldn't be able to because, like, 
again, just like I was, I'm never going to be mad at anybody from co- going to the right side of history. I am really much side-eyeing these Jewish people who are now, yay, pro-Palestine on my timeline, who I know for a fact I got into an argument about this years before. <laughs> I'm there. I'm like, you know, I'm not going to say anything lest you call me anti-Semitic again. <laughs> like, I'm not going to say anything. And I'm glad that you're here now, but like the Palestinian people would have been much better if you had dropped this shit ten years ago, right? Because like, seriously, like it's a it's what what is happening in America is like a very slow genocide of Black people. Um, mm. and at times, it ramps it up, you know, and we're yeah. more at, more at risk. But this is like a constant genocide for the last seventy years, and these people like have lost so many in the last 70 years like i think i read something that it was like 3.5 million (gasps) like it is ridiculous how many palestinians have died so for me with their look their ethnic cleansing and their genocide like i'm glad you're here now let's stop it from happening but i need y'all to go back and acknowledge that you are also responsible for millions Uh of deaths Uh uh-huh like millions of deaths uh-huh. um and that up until now these same people were okay with these people living in probably what was that quote the world's largest open air prison that's what they called Gaza. oh my god yeah so like i just i don't i don't have any time for people like to check their like to get their feelings right about this like you know all of these oppressions are linked um, and it's a it's a shame that some people, after being oppressed, turn around and become the oppressor. Um, I mean, you know, that is basic abuse. You know, some people who have been abused end up abusing others. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, the vast majority of them don't. So let's get to their rest of the countries of the world. Like, let's get there where you don't just, like, decide to go fuck up, like... I don't know. I feel like Han might be something that some random Japanese colonizer started, but mm-hmm. I feel like anyone who has been oppressed, anyone who has been colonized, anyone who has had their homes taken from them or have been taken from their homes, any mm-hmm. of these people feel it. Right. Like that resentment because those people were, you were entitled to a, a life that was not colored by oppression right um and that resentment is 100 percent valid right uh, i should oh maybe actually put these in the episode notes because i know i always promise y'all I'll put stuff in the episode notes and i don't <laughs> <laughs> but i was i was watching this video of this palestinian young boy and he's just like He's not young, but he's young to me. He's like probably yeah, yeah. a teenager. Yeah. Um, but he or maybe even in his early twenties, but he's just like screaming in the camera, like my people have nothing to do with this. We have nothing on either side. We don't care. We just want to live. We can't afford bread. We can't afford this. We're starving. Um we wanna live. When's the last time I've seen my dad? I haven't seen my dad for a year because of these stupid checkpoints. And he doesn't say stupid, obviously. He says something else. But he's like, I haven't been able to see my dad for a year. And he's screaming. He's like, I, and I, 
I started crying because I felt his pain just like instinctively. Mm. Even right now, my eyes are kind of tearing up because I felt mm. that too. You know what mm. I mean? Like, I felt that the idea that especially me who's had a brother who's been in prison, like I felt that shit. I was like, mm. yes, when people just randomly pull up and decide to blow apart your life and, and take your family from you and lock them up for nothing. I yeah. felt that shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I was like, it, it's really like, I understand why so many people should feel Han, you know, because mm-hmm. that level, it, it took me, I don't even think I'm still over that, that high level of resentment I have for the U.S. government for that mm-hmm. or for, like, the individuals who were personally involved. I don't think I'll – I don't know if I will get over it. I, I've learned to live with it, but I don't yeah. know if I'll ever get over it. Um, yeah. And I don't know if that's necessarily a bad thing either. And I think that's where I've been at this episode, kind of just kind of like, yes, I think Han exists for most people and yeah. who've been impressed. And do I think that that is detrimental to us or is that just something that is or is that something that's a positive? And I I can't really decide. Um, I do think that Mm. at times it is detrimental to certain groups of people. Um, Mm. But at the same time, I I don't, (laughs) you know, I just really don't. Yeah, Um, I agree. You know, like any group of people that have been impressed, like, yeah. I don't think it's detrimental to queer people. Um, I don't think it's detrimental to anyone who's been racially oppressed. I don't think it's detrimental to us as women or anybody gender wise. Like I, yeah. at all. I'm just like, yeah, yeah, yeah that's fair. Yeah. Uh, I think this is like a collective feeling that people feel and people use that as almost like source of power to be more resilient and fight the oppressors. Yeah, because I, I feel like Han seems like the natural response to a white supremacist capitalist world. Mm. You know, like, I, I I don't, in one that's just steeped in patriarchy, I just think it's, like, the natural response to that. Mm. Um, and I think that people sometimes, like, get it. I mean, like, for, for instance, like, in Korea, when you're, like, in 2000, when things had kind of gotten better, that goes out of, like, the popular culture, right? Like, people stop mm-hmm. using it as much. Mm-hmm. And it's like, all right, is that, is there, if that's not being used anymore as a word, does that mean that people stop talking about it? Does that mean people stop for started to forget how they felt when they were being oppressed? Um, I feel like like Korean Han is a little more generational mm-hmm. because I mean I was born in 1990 so I definitely felt it um my parents definitely felt it because they were born like right after the Korean War as well and then their parents lived through the war and whatnot but more like recent generations who were born in like 2000s and then maybe their parents who were born in like 70s or 80s they probably don't remember or feel as much um and korea is not oppressed anymore or maybe so we think but like definitely yeah okay (laughs) (laughs) i mean like at least from japan yeah or not under their power 
anymore. Yeah, I was like, um, <laughs> yeah, we are. Yeah. So I think it's not um, so in our face anymore. Maybe it's a little more something subtle mm-hmm. that everybody still has and everybody still feels it. But yeah, and I also, yeah. I, you know, I wonder because it's. I feel like sometimes, okay, even when I'm thinking about people who have, like, nothing historically to do with white people, like, mm-hmm. I, like Korea and Japan, am I wrong in saying have, it's not just the last, like, hundred years where this has been an issue, right? Like, it's been, like, more mm-hmm. of a historic, like, yeah, yeah. thing between the two of you. Um, yeah. Like, even that to me i feel like as soon as like white supremacy is introduced and i don't know if i feel like white supremacy has always been a thing but it can't be because we weren't in contact with each other right right when white supremacy is introduced i feel like it's easier to like talk about it like as if it's like korea versus japan but Mm -hmm. like in essence like there's other things that at play that I don't know if yeah. your average like citizen in either country is really thinking about in the same way that like no definitely not we are in this country you know mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. black people will be the first one and I as this black person will be the first one to tell you that like white supremacy is like ingrained in like every interaction in the world mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but I don't know if that's what's being talked about over there you know not at all um, which would, I think, be why your first inclination was, like, we're not oppressed. Right. You know? Because, like, I'm like, ooh, girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We, we are. <laughs> we are. I was like, uh, no. There's a reason I said th- that y'all were the black people of the Far East. Like, <laughs> 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 but shout out to yeah. my Filipino brothers and sisters because y'all the black people of there even oh though, my god even though the mexicans yeah. want to claim you y'all ours <laughs> is that what they say i think i, I definitely heard mexicans say that too like that mm. that they feel an affinity with the filipinos um yeah. because you know filipinos do some of them do speak spanish and things like that <laughs> but i'm like uh-uh look how they treat you y'all ours and mexicans y'all might be the black people of Central America, come through. Yeah. Actually, no. There's actual black people in Central America. I take it back. <laughs> <laughs> the black people of Central America are the black people of Central America. <laughs> <laughs> and scene. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's the end of this episode of Han. Han is within every one of us, pretty much. Not every one of us. Not everyone. Not you, white cis men. Yeah, no. (laughs) Not you. (laughs) Most of us. Most of us. Yeah. I correct myself. (laughs) Even if you're poor, bro. Even if you're poor. (laughs) (sighs) That can be another episode because, you know. Mm. I know. I I really wish poor white people understood that they were being manipulated, but they don't. So, uh, uh-uh. no, it's okay. <laughs> I'm sure their their whiteness will pay the bills. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, well. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Side note. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So that is it for this episode. If you want to hear more about topics like Han, um, please follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter at underscore soul and soul. That is underscore S-O-U-L-A-N-D-S-E-O-U-L. And also subscribe to us on any of the major podcast apps. Bye-bye. Bye.